The Manhattan Project was a research undertaking in the United States during the 1940s to develop the first atomic bomb. It cost about $2 billion, which is worth $22 billion today, and employed about 130,000 people. For reference, Apple and Microsoft both employ about 120,000 people today. The Manhattan Project was a huge exercise in secrecy. They had to ensure that only key employees knew that the project was for a nuclear weapon. It was a national security concern, since Russia, Germany, and Japan were interested in their own bombs. Now, a question for our listeners. It took about four years and $22 billion to develop the first atomic bomb. And the United States closely guarded that secret from the majority of the employees that worked on the bomb. So, how hard do you think it is to make a nuclear bomb today? We know that uh, from repeated government studies, actually, that it doesn't take a Manhattan Project to make a bomb. About 90% of the work in the Manhattan Project was actually making the nuclear material. Once you have the nuclear material, you're well on the way toward making a bomb. And in fact, the government studies have concluded that it is plausible that a small group of reasonably sophisticated terrorists would be able to put together at least a crude nuclear bomb. In the case of highly enriched uranium, making a nuclear bomb is really about slamming two pieces together at high speed. It's not rocket science. That was Professor Matthew Bunn, who directs the Managing the Atom Project at Harvard University. We spoke to him about nuclear security for a different episode, but we got really focused on that one statement. The government studies have concluded that it is plausible that a small group of reasonably sophisticated terrorists would be able to put together at least a crude nuclear bomb. Government studies have concluded. We wanted to know what these government studies were. What experiments did they run? What were the results? And we decided to go searching for the truth and couldn't really find anything. The United States government tends to be very secretive about its nuclear bomb information. We actually wasted a lot of time calling and trying to get some interviews about these experiments, but no one wanted to talk. But we did end up finding information about one study that was declassified in the mid-2000s, and that led to one of the most fascinating stories in the nuclear world. Hello everyone, this is the Nuclear Warriors podcast. I'm Tammy Wien. And I'm Elton Liu. Today on the show, we jump into the story of a government experiment that proved how uncomfortably public nuclear information is. The Nuclear Warriors podcast is supported by the Reinventing Civil Defense Project and funded by the Carnegie Corporation of New York. The opinions and views expressed in this podcast do not reflect the views of the supporting organizations. Questions about the podcast or the Reinventing Civil Defense Project can be directed to Elton at NuclearWarriors.com. The U.S. government has always been interested in the nuclear weapons of every other country. You know, it's a national security issue. Today, it's all about North Korea's weapons and Iran's nuclear program. And these two countries are the biggest threat to the current established international order. But it wasn't always so obvious who the United States should concentrate on. Back in 1964, only four countries had nuclear weapons, and the U.S. had a list of 26 countries that might have an interest in their own weapons. That list was a little too long, 
so the government tried to shorten the list and get more precision in their analysis. One thing people wondered about was the capabilities of some of these smaller, would-be nuclear countries. Bigger countries like China would have the resources to build a weapon. But what about Ghana or Yugoslavia? A big question the government ended up asking was, can a small country develop an atomic bomb? And you have to understand the perspective of the United States first. The Manhattan Project was a huge multi-year project. Which countries had that kind of resource to embark on their own multi-year project to develop a nuclear bomb? And there's a little bit of arrogance with this question that the United States had. Countries probably needed to have the resources of a United States or a Soviet Union. Yeah, at least that was the assumption among a lot of policymakers. Actual nuclear scientists knew that building a bomb wasn't hard, nor was it a secret. It was exactly what Professor Bunn stated, just slamming pieces of nuclear material together. But in the interest of finding out which countries might build a weapon and how easily, the government designed an experiment to find out. The Nth Country Experiment. We're going to focus first on the perspectives of the experimenters. These were researchers at the Livermore National Lab, and they were provided a memo with the title Operating Rules for the Nth Country Project. And I'm just going to read the first paragraph of it here. The purpose of the so-called Nth Country Experiment is to find out if a credible nuclear explosive can be designed with a modest effort by a few well-trained people without contact with classified information. The goal of the participants should be to design an explosive with a militarily significant yield. A working context for the experiment might be that the participants have been asked to design a nuclear explosive which, if built in small numbers, would give a small nation a significant effect on their foreign relations. That was a wordy way to basically say three things. We need well-trained scientists that can't have access to classified information while they design a nuclear bomb. So step one, finding some well-trained scientists. Not a hard thing to do. They search for what they called nuclear innocence, people who don't think about nuclear weapons and have never shown an interest in them. They find a couple. The first is named Dave Dobson, and the second is Robert Selden. And Selden's experience joining this project is actually very interesting. At the time, Selden had just finished his PhD in physics and happened to be having drinks with an army personnel specialist. This officer casually drops that there is a position at a radiator laboratory Selden might be interested in. A few weeks later, Selden is having a job interview in Washington, and it goes absolutely terribly. Question after question he can't answer, he starts sweating as the interviewer asks him about nuclear physics, and then he slowly breaks down when they move to chain reactions. He goes home feeling crushed and defeated, all without knowing he was the perfect candidate. He got the offer the next day and then learns that his first project is to design a nuclear weapon. Can you imagine that you fail so badly, which was the precursor to getting the job, and then your first ask is, hey, let's redo the Manhattan Project. But you see, Alton, that's why he had a teammate. And maybe that's all you really need. Dave Dobson and Robert Selden embark on this experiment to design a nuclear weapon. Now, the structure of this experiment was weird. They were pretending to be a small country, and that required strict guidelines. 
Dobson and Selden were required to record everything they did and everywhere they went. Everything they wrote, every picture, every equation was automatically a classified document within the government, a born secret. All communications had to be done through memos. Notebooks had to be numbered as a record of progress. And another quirk. Maybe because they were underfunded, but there were no actual explosive tests. If they wanted to conduct a bomb test, they had to describe it in a memo, which would then be passed on to bomb designers who would calculate the results and give it back. It's important to remember that there are two groups involved in this experiment. There is the government, who take this experiment to be a national security issue. It's about understanding how a country might build a nuclear weapon. And then there are Dobson and Selden, who are just trying to do their job every day with all the anxieties and pressures that go along with it. Before starting this experiment, they had no interest in nuclear weapons, and now they were in the middle of the government's national security research. The two were given no direction. They weren't allowed into rooms where there was a chance of them finding classified information. They had to figure everything out on their own. So they start at the library, and this takes a couple of months to mine the open literature. They search through topics like plutonium, uranium, and high explosives. Just all types of textbooks and historical documentation about nuclear physics and bomb design. Wait, wait, wait. I have one of them right here. Wait, I actually do have one of them. Oh my gosh. I forgot. Hold on. <laughs> Got it. A general account of the development of methods using atomic energy for military purposes under the auspices of the United States government. This book gave them everything they needed to figure out how to design and build their own nuclear bomb. If you're interested in building your own bomb, you can also go download the book today. There's a link on our website. Yeah, information for your own nuclear bomb, if you wanted to get contacted by the CIA. And this book became a project management guide for Selden and Dobson. It broke down the steps that they needed to figure out, from the metals to the actual math, and the challenges that they might face. One extremely valuable resource was the Atoms for Peace program started by President Eisenhower. This program was designed to spread the peaceful uses of nuclear energy, but it also spread the information about nuclear energy across the world that could be used to build a nuclear weapon. Part of the nuclear bomb design are the explosives that surround the nuclear material. And there is an extensive literature on all types of explosives. Details about explosives used in oil fields, road construction, and manufacturing. These all contributed to understanding how to use explosives in a nuclear bomb. And in one instance, Selden went to an explosives conference just to talk to some experts. But really, the project worked like any other project that you've worked on. It went slowly, incrementally. They designed the detonators. They designed the uranium tamper, plutonium core and then they'd get feedback from the explosives team. The design continued to evolve until there was a reasonable expectation that the bomb would work. There's a couple of important notes. The design they used wouldn't fit on a missile, but could be transported by airplane or truck or ship. They went with a conservative design that focused on making an explosion instead of maximizing the explosion. That's an important point. Because... This was the type of weapon that a small country or a terrorist would build. There's a lot of talk today about North Korea's ICBMs or missiles that can travel across continents. Those missiles are extremely difficult to build, and North Korea has spent 
decades working on them. But this nth country experiment, less than two years. And so after they finalized their design, they went around to government offices on a research tour. They went to the CIA, the State Department, the Atomic Energy Commission, the Pentagon. By the time they made it to the National Security Council, they were government famous. But here's the worst part. Oh my god, it kills me. As Selden and Dobson present their design, no one tells them whether they succeeded. The audience at the Security Council leaves and doesn't give anything away. The project is done. Although, there was a report written by Selden and Dobson, as well as other participants in the experiment. And we actually have the report here. It's called the Summary Report of the Nth Country Experiment. We want to focus for a moment on one part. Uh, Tammy, could you read it? Yep, here goes. Straight from page 8 of the report. <clears throat> I would summarize the conclusions of the experiment in two statements. Is, is that it? That's it! They were stringing us along this whole time. They blacked out the conclusions of the experiment. We don't know anything. Was it good? Terrible? Is Ghana gonna build a bomb? We have nothing. And, and it's so frustrating that we can't know the end. There's a really important reason that this cliffhanger exists. The government doesn't want anyone to know the results. Why would you want other countries to know how easy or not easy it is to make a bomb? At the end of the day, experiments like these prove to policymakers and researchers that the most efficient way to stop the spread of nuclear weapons was to control the nuclear material. It was said often during this experiment that the physical building of a bomb is easy. That information is available to everyone who wants to find it. It's just physics and engineering. So Tammy, what do we not worry about? We do not worry about hiding the secrets of nuclear weapons. They already exist and are out there, at least for these simpler bombs. The Atoms for Peace program, international agreements, and undergraduate textbooks contain the information you need to build a bomb. And if that's the case, what should we worry about? Well, we should worry about nuclear materials, because all of this information is already hiding in plain sight. The only thing we can actually control is the nuclear material. The entire process of getting rocks out of the ground into a nuclear weapon is pretty difficult, so it's a place where people should be more informed. And if you keep listening, hopefully we can be a source of that information for you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you have any questions, you can email us at alton at nuclearwarriors.com. All of the documents and papers that we referenced in the show are available at our website at nuclearwarriors.com. Highly recommend that you take the five minutes to look at the summary report of the nth country experiment. Hopefully, it'll annoy you as much as it annoyed me. Talk to everyone next time. <laughs>